Welcome, world. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of the Ballin' is a Hobby podcast. I'm your co-host, Ed, Jay, Chris, Paul. How y'all feeling? Good, man. How y'all? Great, man. We doing good. I'm chilling. I can't complain. It's been a crazy week in sports, so we got plenty, plenty to get into today. I don't even know where to start. (laughs) Too much. (laughs) We we can start by finding out who Davion Mitchell is. Davion Mitchell. Is that Donovan Mitchell's brother? Because I've never heard of that name before. I just know that a couple months, yeah, a couple months back they were saying that like that everybody was confusing them too. So, so who the fuck is Davion Mitchell? He's <laughs> <laughs> a good, good, good college player. He's gonna get drafted mid round, mid first round or something. Ah, he I can't hope. Dra- Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, I mean, I I hope the Sacramento Kings know who he is because they just drafted him. Oh, what? Well, uh, I'm the NBA draft is going on right now. What, NBA what pick? going on. What, what pick? That, pick that was pick number nine. Oh, pick number nine. nine. You know the crazy shit, Chris, and I'm glad you brought that up. I mentioned as soon as we jumped in, there's a lot of shit going on in sports to get into. The NBA draft was not on my list. <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> even thinking about that shit. So when you say Davion Mitchell, completely threw me off, but that Leads us to a good point of who's watching that shit. Clearly, Chris is watching the NBA draft, but like, is that shit really popping for folks? Like, I know the NFL draft. I love that shit. Like, I plan for that shit weeks in advance. I'm excited. I got my popcorn ready. NBA draft, you know, I might hear about that shit the next day. Yeah, man. I think the problem with the draft is, well, there's a few problems with the NBA draft. I think number one, the way it's structured with college right now, what college basketball looks like, it doesn't, they don't play like they play in the NBA. Like mm. college basketball, you look at the, a lot of the scores are like 60s, low 70s, stuff like that. And they just don't ball the same. There's not the same spacing. There's not the same skill level. And mm. people just aren't invested as I feel like they were 15, 20 years ago. And now the NBA, you know, it used to be a time when I, I for sure loved the NBA draft, you know, 10, 15 yeah. years ago, because I knew the college players coming out. I really was invested. Right. Um, the, you know, whoever was dominating college had a real good chance to do the same, uh, you know, in the pros. And it's just, it's just not the same anymore. It's, it's just not. You see kids coming out, they're going to the G League, getting some money, they're going overseas. The mm-hmm. game itself has grown internationally. So there's, there's planes, the players coming out that, you know, if you're not scouting on YouTube clips and all this other stuff, you don't even know who they are half the time because it might be a project like Giannis. Uh, mm-hmm. It could be like Luka Doncic and be, you know, killing at an early age overseas. Mm-hmm. But unless you're really tuned in, you don't really care. And so the one thing I will say the NFL has over the NBA is definitely the draft. It's just people are invested. And Word. people care about football way more than they care about basketball. You know, care, though, in, in the U.S., in the, the U.S., kids are going to be good right away too. Like, you said. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Who are you going to say, Chris? So, for me, it's like you know, I, I have a hard time being really forgiving of the NBA for this because I just feel like they do so many things well as an or, as an organization as a as a league. I really feel like they're good at personalizing their brand 
and expanding like i think that both david stern and adam silver have done a really masterful job of trying to be innovative and modernize along with technology and the way that entertainment generally has gone but and so like i i like it does disappoint me because i feel like you know i i do pay attention to like you know to to marsh madness uh somewhat but you know but the thing that it makes me wonder for you guys who you know i i know jared used to you know used to be a little bit deeper into you know into the the prospects is is any of this attributed to the you know to one and dones like is that has that Mm. taken away from you know for me no No, i for me i think that for me the biggest change is just the way the game is played and the way i look at the game now versus when i was in college or even in high school the spreading of AAU and like the exposure the young kids get, like I could see a kid playing literally from the time they're in sixth, seventh grade through the time they're in high school. So by the time they get to yep. college, I really don't care. Like I already <laughs> know where the game is. I know what they're about. Like right. they could choose Duke or Tennessee or USC. And it really, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because I'm already, the, the, the people that I'm invested in and I care about, I've seen their game evolve over time. I mean, just look at LeBron James' son. He's literally, I mean, he's an extreme example, of course, but his game has been scouted and highlighted for the last four to five years. What high school he goes to, how he plays relative to LeBron. I mean, there's whole scouting reports on him. So if even if he goes to, say, Duke, are we really going to going to be invested because, you know, he went to Duke? Not me. I, I don't yeah. care. I've already seen his game. I'm waiting for him to jump to the pros. Yeah, so man. I think what happens is college... <laughs> It's just taking a hit. And I think with the game growing internationally too, you see all these other players coming out. They don't they don't need college. And therefore, half the time you get to the draft, you know, the buildup just isn't there. I'll be frank with you. It's just not there. It's not like when Tim Duncan was coming out or when Iverson was coming out. Like I was watching Georgetown. Like I I cared about that. Yeah. (laughs) Now it's not it's not even remotely. So even when Wade came out, I watched him lead Marquette to the final four. I was like, Oh, he's gonna be a problem in the league. Mm -hmm. I remember watching Steph at Davidson. Exactly. Like he was crazy in college. Yeah. Yup. And it seems like the college game is becoming maybe like a hindrance to uh, the kids' game coming out anyway. So, like you said, we're gonna start doing going through other avenues, right? Um, yo, because it's crazy. I don't even know who the number one pick is. Chris, I'm assuming you could tell us. Cade Cunningham, I think we're gonna be. Yeah. Yep. Cade Cunningham. I saw him play twice in college, and he went to Detroit, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So I knew that much. I knew having who had the number one pick. I'm actually more I'm more interested in the draft lottery than the draft itself. As weird weird as that sounds. Like I I might actually look at that. That I'm the same. That that shows I mean who's gonna get the good kids, right? So that's you know. Yeah, a lot of times they'll have like old heads from 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 past teams, you know, out Mm -hmm. there voting on their team. You know, it, it, it adds a little bit of interest. But once the draft actually comes, I'm kind of tuned out. But, yeah. You know. And, you know, one of the other things, too, you know, at least for me, um, you know, Jared and I, we've talked about this a little bit at times. The the sort of like the drop off in talent, you know, and the lack of depth, um, you know, in the draft, I think also may play into it, at least for me, because, you know, you can you can find, first of all, the, mm-hmm. the NFL draft is seven rounds. Right. But mm-hmm. on top of that, you can find and will find great players even in the late rounds. 
So, yep. you know, there's I think there's way more intrigue to find out, you know, who is going to be able to, you know, blossom into like the next face of the league. Um, you know, I think I think there's more of that in the NFL, more possibility. And I think that probably um, leads to me not enjoying the NBA draft as much. See, this is where I, I let me just get this quick point. And when I look at the NBA and I look at the NFL, I feel like the popularity is inverse. And by that, I mean people in the NFL people, they care about one of two things. They care about their fantasy team and they care about their football team. That's all they care about. Like, that, yeah. that's it. You look at the NBA and yeah, there's team loyalty, but the way the NBA is trending, it's more player loyalty. And they have the exposure. You see their face all the time. You see LeBron and Harden and Durant. And you see the younger generation. They're like, I'm a LeBron fan. So I don't care where he goes. Yep. I'm messing with LeBron. Mm-hmm. And so, Chris, when you were talking earlier about you think, you know, the NBA does a good job in marketing and stuff like that, I don't know if they do a great job. I think they do a great job of creating stars and it's easier than to do that you know in the nba than the nfl because you actually see their faces and there's so much individual just play uh in the nba but i think when it comes to like marketing like the startup of their stars i think they're horrible at it to be frank with you it's really like roll the balls out this is the player and if they got game they're going to blow up. They're going to drop 30 points. And you're going to see them in commercials because, you know, they're going to get the advertising and stuff like that. I think they give them a great opportunity. And I think it's reflective in how the fans view players um, coming out of college, coming out of wherever through the draft, and even the superstars versus how fans view players, you know, in the in the NFL. Um, you know, unless it's their fantasy team, they really only care about their team. And they don't give a damn who else is doing it as long as they're doing it. Man, and honestly, with that fantasy shit, that fantasy can sometimes spill over into, well, damn, I got a player that's going against my <laughs> my squad. So that's why like, I never uh... play. Every year, he's like, "Yo, you want to do the football?" I sure do. And he's I'm like, "Nah, like, man, nah, I'm good. I don't want to root. It. I just want to be focused, you know." Yeah. One time, someone pick all Giants players. I'm like, "You can't. You, you can't do that." <laughs> Paul, I'm with you, man. I'm with yeah. you. It took me a long time to get in the, to get into fantasy for that exact reason. You know, I, I have a real hard time, you know, picking you know picking guys that I know you know my team is gonna face. I just so there's something right. about it. It's just hard. Yeah. <laughs> to your earlier point, right? Well, I like, come in last place. Yeah. To your earlier point, just that, you know, after the first round, you're not getting anybody good. So, like, if the Knicks have, have like, a 10th pick, I'm tuning into that pick and that's it. And then yeah. the yeah. other side of that coin is also, right? I mean, my team's been asked for years, but we never seem to get a high pick. So, it's like, what am I going <laughs> to tune in the draft for? And I, I mean, you I ain't never lie. I don't yeah. understand why the Knicks don't have like the number one pick every single every year. year. But I, I yeah, <laughs> I, don't, side, I don't get it. Like I said, the other side of that argument is also like with you guys. I mean, sometimes you guys are good also, but I mean, you guys don't really never seem to have like high picks. Nah, yeah. it was only with Tatum. It's, yeah. We had it with Tatum and Brown, and we fleeced Philadelphia, who yeah. somehow had all the high picks and has one legit star, but that's another yeah. conversation for another day. <laughs> <laughs> and no NBA Finals appearances. Nice. Not once. It's crazy. None. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. We brought up fantasy for the NFL. Yeah. Have any of you all, Jay or Chris, have you all ever done NBA fantasy? No. Nope, Me never. neither. 
Never once. Like, Never. I think I might have tried it a while ago with an ex. My ex girl was like, "Oh, I want to try it," so I did it with her, and it was just, it was awkward. I was like, "I don't know what this shit is." Like, it was too complicated. I, I just couldn't fuck with. It doesn't have that same seamlessness as the NFL fantasy. Well, that's I the beauty of the NFL, man. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's what seventeen games now. It's in right. and out. Exactly. It's, it's prime time every time. It could be one o'clock to me. It's still prime time for the NFL. Like that's just <laughs> that. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. fact. It's true. And the problem with this NBA season is, I hate to say it, I feel like the NBA has been playing for the last two years nonstop. Like they really just need to stop, have a break, <laughs> and let me forget about the NBA for like two months because I see them play in a bubble. I see them play before the bubble. I see them play then when they got out the bubble. They played into July. Now they're playing overseas. Now I see a draft. And they'll be like, right back in October. I need a break. I don't want to see anybody from the NBA for 10 minutes. And it's not, you know, it's not even real basketball. Like, it's not. The, NBA, the NBA is ba- is real basketball like how, like, McDonald's is like a real burger. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Ooh. honestly. No, for real. Like, that's why they're struggling to the Olympics right now. I mean, it's not real basketball. Not, now we did beat Iran in the last. Oh, game. that's great! <laughs> I mean, so you know that that's progress. That's something. Crown, crowning achievement right there. You feel me? I'm, yeah. Yo, speaking of the Olympic team, I'm hearing there's a lot of grumblings with the players not really messing with Coach Popovich because he's trying to run that same Spurs offense with this whole, you know, this roster of superstars. Well, look, so a lot of so they're not really messing with him. All I can and he's say, being very a, strict. If they got a problem with Pop, Pop is like a top five coach all time. So I mean, I don't know what to say about that. But do you feel? And this is a question yeah. I post to all of y'all: Should he be running that same Spurs system when you got KD, Damon Lillard, Devin Booker, you know, Chris Middleton? Like you got all these cats that like this isn't the Spurs. You've got to change it up a little bit. Like, you can't run your same old system. Like, if he's coaching the All-Star game, is he fucking doing the same Spurs plays in the All-Star game? Or is he kind of <laughs> letting them do their thing? Because I feel like even at the Olympics, if you kind of let them do their thing, they can figure that shit out. Like, you don't, don't need know, to man. be running that same system. The whole Because the system ain't working with the Spurs, clearly. I haven't seen them in the playoffs the last the couple whole, years. The whole thing is all messed up, man. They just didn't have it. They don't have enough time. The, the other teams are actual teams. Like they just put these players together in like a couple weeks. Like they don't. The whole thing. I agree, just, Paul. Yeah. It just, it just. Yeah. People just have to be realistic. It's never gonna. If we win, just be happy because it's never gonna be like it was. Like the rest of the league, the rest of the world caught up. I mean, the NBA made sure of that right with all the ambassador being That's ambassadors right. and everything. So I mean, you got like Luca, you know, uh, the, the one who just won MVP, like uh, Joe. Go there. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yep. I. It's just. But, it is what it is. I, I feel that. I feel that. Go ahead, you know, Eben, it, it I, I feel like um, I feel like the answer to your question is yes, they should. Uh, I think Pop should allow them to be themselves for that, mm-hmm. for the reasons that, you know, that, that Paul is saying, because I, I agree with, with Paul and Jay, like the, the, the league, like the league is still the league, but the world has been watching and they have been you know, paying attention and, and catching up. So I think that the competition is different. And I think that, you know, from from what I saw from Coach K when he was the coach, I think that he did a good job of, of you know, trying to give them, you know, give the team, um, you know, insight into what he was seeing, but not necessarily trying to dictate the way that they played. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. I think that Coach Pop is having trouble doing that. Um and I agree that he's he's 
bar none, one of the greatest coaches of all time. Um, but I think that that he might need to evolve a little bit if he's going to stay in this role. But is he really one of the greatest of all time, or, or he has he had the luxury of having some of the greatest players of all yeah. time? He on ain't going without players, man. You can't. Win he had Duncan. Players. He had Robinson. He had Kawhi. He had Mono. He had Park, Parker. Everybody That's where his ran players. Everybody went past players, you know. I think That's true. Yeah. No doubt. I think he's a great coach. I think, and I agree with everybody, uh, what, what you all have said. I think for me, the biggest issue is the players. Um, you know, basketball has been trending away from the ISO game for, for some time. You yep. know, with really with Phoenix when they were doing the, the eight second offense and doing that and then transitioned over to the Spurs in like 2013, 2014 when they won the chip and they should have won the other one with the heat when they were spreading the ball and then Golden State took it to a whole nother level, right? Yeah. Versus, you know, OKC when they were super ISO. It mm-hmm. was Durant and Westbrook yep. and Harden going against whole teams. And they just, you know, they never really got over the hump. So, um, you know, the spreading of the ball and everybody getting their shot and shooting threes. I hate to say this. Well, I don't hate to say this. It's true. It really, to me, started with the women's game. I mean, it, they really kind of modeled what the WNBA was doing, with the right. spacing and stuff like that, and getting better shots. And that's a credit to, you know, the women's game and stuff like that. And right. how it's evolved, I guess, to, you know, this point when we're at the Olympics is the Europeans have been playing like that forever. I mean, we as Americans have took, you know, the Euro step and mm-hmm. we're now, you know, you see our NBA players, they're shooting threes, but looking for fouls. And, yep. you know, 10, 15 years ago, we were playing bully ball. Like you got the ball in the post and you scored. And when Jordan was <laughs> right. doing his thing, he wasn't out there lunching at the three-pointer. three, three pointer. He was going inside and doing his thing. Like, that's that was yep. the game. I mean... And so, taking a beating while doing taking it. Taking a beating, but yep, getting yep. up and doing it. Like, he wasn't just going in there searching for fouls. He was going to finish <laughs> and get fouled, right? I feel right. like a lot of times our players are searching for the foul and whether they can the shot, whether it's a good shot or not, might not be that. And so I think it's unfair a little bit to put it on, on Coach Pop. He's got veterans. Yeah. Ba- basketball players with very high IQ. They know what they're doing. To be frank with you, you know, I hate to say it, but a guy like me should be able to roll out there, give them a couple plays, and they should be able to do what they need to do to get the stuff done. They're yeah. very smart players. I think what they don't have, though, is time and cohesiveness. They yeah. literally have yeah. just pulled the balls out and said, let's go play the whole rest of the world. And the other world's been gelling for a while. So yeah. they got to stop time, man. It just takes time. Exactly. It's not 92 anymore. Right, Paul. Yup. That's true. Yup. Exactly. That's you know, true. You know, the thing about it, what the uh, human nature is this, right? Suppose he went in there's like, you know what, guys, give me your ideas, this and that. And we'll go with that, right? Soon as shit go bad, what are they going to be like? Oh, well, Coach Pop, now nah, he's not taking the directive. This and that. That's exactly <laughs> what they'll say. It just that's how human nature is, you know. I so so pretty much he's in a catch twenty two. I think so. I mean, I yeah. guess there could be middle ground there. You know, he could he could use his plays or also like get info from them. But I just feel like people are gonna get things not going. Yeah, I think he has to be more decisive with his rotations, though. I think you gotta let your best players be your best players and do some right. stuff like that. You know, I see when I watched a couple of the games, it reminded me of the Celtics a few years ago. When we had a bunch of talent, but I felt like Stevens needed to rein it in and like let your best players still be your best players. And mm-hmm. 
you know, everybody's going to get their burn. He's going to play, you know, all nine, some people, but doesn't mean all nine, some people got to get equal minutes when it's crunch time either. So. I was just about to say, crunch time minutes belong to your superstars. Right. For sure. I'm going to say some wild shit right now, right? But That's what we I'm, want. I'll be honest. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I'm an NBA casual, right? I watch in the playoff come around. You know what I mean? I don't got okay. time to be watching them in the regular season when they be bullshitting around and stuff. I really don't. You know what I mean? <laughs> but being casual, they give me a bird's eye view because it's like... I don't watch for a while. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm watching the playoffs this year. I, I text Jad one time. I'm like, it was a big play that Drew Holiday had in one of the series, right? Where he palmed the ball. The man had his palm on the <laughs> other side of the ball, right? And then took it all the way to dunk. I'm like, how is that not a carry? <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck am I watching? Bro, <laughs> it's a different they, game. They don't though. call carries anymore. They don't no, travel. I mean, and they don't even do defensive three seconds that much. You can kind of camp out in the lane. Yeah. <laughs> He's doing things. And it looks like NBA street ball. I'm like, I mean, look like street ball. I'm like, it's not real basketball. Yeah. That's the problem. It's the foul I hear. Yeah. I hear a lot of men, old men, saying, "Get off my lawn." That's what I hear. Man, it's true. 2021. <laughs> The game, the game is evolved. You dancing, like you gonna be dancing like hot sauce, your hand on the ball, and that's not a carry. Like, come on, man. Like, I mean, Kyrie <laughs> does that half the game. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Because no, I remember looking at the scores. I looking at like the average of this year. I'm like, yo, half the league averaging 25. I'm like, what the hell is going on? And I'm like, that's why you can't stop anybody if they're doing that. <laughs> yeah, because everything's a foul. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, Harding gets like probably a third of his points off of foul shots. I mean, Yo, <laughs> real shit, Jay. I went to the Celtics Brooklyn game one this yeah. year at Barclays, and it was the first time seeing Harden in person. His game is so whack to watch in person. Literally, he gets it out the top of the key, dribble, 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 try to go by you, flop, go to the free throw line, or dribble, 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 step back, shoot a three, and then kick his leg out. It's like dog, this shit's not entertaining in person. It's like until you get to the international level, not calling them that stuff. They're like, yeah, exactly. That's that's, that's cute. Now you gotta actually hit the shot, and I'm not care about you arguing about these calls because I'm not giving it to you. Exactly, and I think that's a big. uh, That's something that they they gotta get used to because they they used to coming over and just they they got they push their superstar weight around and try to intimidate the refs into them fouls. Internationally, they could give a fuck less. People about, don't care about that. They want to see us lose. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. So you got a They're going to look the other way. Yeah, but, you know, it's, it's, it's more entertaining now because, like, I'll actually watch the game now. I'm like, well, you know, who, who knows? It's intrigue, right? It's like, it's not like before you know, okay, definitely going to win. So, true. It's true. So, so, look, being that we are talking about the Olympics and the U.S. men's basketball team, mm-hmm. we definitely can't leave this alone without getting into the biggest story of the week in the Olympics. Simone Biles bowing out in the, you know, the gymnastics joint. Oh, dude, How do y'all feel about, about that? So, <laughs> 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 hey, it's been a lot of good stories in swimming, but nah, the Simone Biles thing is like that global story that is, is it's been running wild. So we, we got to talk through that. Like yeah. me personally, I understand the, the pressure of pretty much she feels like she has the weight on her shoulders. All eyes on her. It's a global phenomenon. Simone Biles, the GOAT. That's what everyone calls her. Yeah. But at the same time, that's what she calls herself. 
yeah. I, I, I saw the pics with the sandals. Oh, so she's kind of taking on that GOAT status. Here's how I feel. Unpopular opinion, possibly. You knew what time it was. You signed up for this, no? So once you get to Tokyo and you got your team with you, you got to ride it out. Like, how you come to the biggest stage and then be like, all right, like, I, I'm, I'm done. I'm going to let y'all do it. My mind's just not in it. So what was you doing for the last four years? Like, yeah. what have you been preparing for to now that the, the time is here, you, you you can't focus? That that seemed a little off for me for someone that calls themselves the GOAT. You feel me? Because how would people look at it if LeBron game seven was like, yo, I, I, got, I can't do it. It's too much pressure. Tom Brady's too much pressure. Tim Duncan, it's too much pressure. I got to stop. They'll be going after him. And again, everybody's very respectful of Simone. And they're really, you know, cheering her on for her bravery. And I get it. But there's also another perspective here. You put that on yourself. So you got to write it out. You know, thoughts? Yeah, I felt this. Then I heard to, like, finally say what it was. But she's like, it was like, I guess the stunt she was pulling. And she, like, just wasn't. Like halfway, and for she will. So it's like she could have got hurt. It's just like, you know, between I don't know. stuff like different. But what do you guys think? Man, you know, I'll go ahead, go, Chris. No, no, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. No, no, okay. I'll, I'll go. So, like, I mean, look, first of all, you know, I, I cannot imagine. You know, I cannot imagine what it takes to be a professional athlete because I've never been one, let alone um, be training almost every day of my life from the time that I could walk to the point that it leads me to, which is the biggest stage in the world in all of sports. So, you know, for her being... You know, for her being, you know, a phenomenal athlete, the the greatest gymnast of all time before she, you know, before she even stepped on the Olympic stage for, you know, for this year, you know, the expectations that she put on herself, the expectations that others may have put on her, you know, I don't know that you really know what, you know, what's going to go through your mind when the lights come on. You know, the thing the thing that that I that I think about, there's two things that I think about, really, um, especially when it comes to gymnastics. It's crazy. It's like, you know, if you've watched some of these, um, if you watch some of the trials, if you watch some of like the national competitions and you realize, you know, these these athletes have been training the same routine over and over and over again to the point where the commentators the reason why they are telling you what they're telling you is because they've seen it a million times right and so when you have that in your mind that you've been doing that for so long you know i I can't imagine what it's like to have to you know realize that you've got to be flawless in something that you have done so much the other side to that i think is you know the untold stories of of abuse you know that we are that we've all you know i think borne witness to over the past few years you know with ali raisman and michaela uh, maroney um you know in in the culture of gymnastics and and the toll that that's taken i don't know that we know the depths of that yet so i can't really sit here and pretend like 
you know, like I can hold her accountable for something that, you know, is deeper than I think I will ever be able to imagine. I can I can understand that. I, I gotta play devil's advocate for one one of your points where you said they run this routine over and over and over to the point where the commentators know what's coming, so they can kind of dissect it for the audience as we're watching. So if you do this routine over and over and over, once you get to that big stage, it should be like second nature, right? Like riding a bike. No, see, that's where you're wrong. Do what you do. That's that's where you're wrong. I mean. Literally, that's what she said. And I think this yeah. is part of the problem. Um, you know, when stories like this break, the first thing you see is the headline, Simone Biles drops out. And everybody makes a speculation. It's on Twitter, it's on social media, blah, blah, blah. And there's a whole narrative created before you actually know the facts of the story. And I think part of the problem that happens right now in, in sports and with the world is you get the headline and then you backfill the facts later. And then you don't check. Yep. So the reason why it's not like that is, is really because the twisties does that to you the twisties from everything i've read from what she said and what i've been reading on you know sites and, and watching accounts from other athletes and, and gymnasts basically you don't have spatial awareness anymore and so that get same lost routine, in the air. Yeah, yeah that same routine that you were doing before that you knew the, the triggers in your head of where you're supposed to land, how you're supposed to act, how you're supposed to contort your body, all that, it's gone. Mm. So she's doing things that, you know, no other person on this planet can do and literally can kill her if she does not land it correctly. So you can't have that moment where you're thinking in your head about, I'm supposed to do X, Y, and Z. It needs to be muscle memory at that point. You do something right. for that many years, that many times, and no, it's no longer muscle memory. That's dangerous. Now, to your point, Ibn, you know, she didn't have the coat sandals. You know, I think yeah, we were talking about this before. Yeah. And I felt like she was in a catch-22 type of situation because, you know, she's doing all these amazing things. And, you know, you're hearing it. Your supporters um, saying you're the GOAT. People, everybody's saying, everywhere saying you're the GOAT. They're literally penalizing you, literally penalizing you for doing moves that no other person can do because they're so dangerous. And you're that like, shit is I, wild to me. And well, yeah, I mean, it is wild. I mean, so it's <laughs> like, I'm gonna, can I act humble when you're even treating me differently? It's that you're literally, you're literally marking me down because of my excellence. It's not even yeah. like in basketball <laughs> when they changed the game for like Wilt or Shaq and stuff like that. Like two points was still two points. We are saying right now for some of the stuff she's doing, it's not two points anymore, it's one point. Even <laughs> though everybody else would be two points. If somebody else did this, it'll be three points, but for you, it's only one. Like, yeah. you know, it's really, really hard in my mind. And, I, you know, Paul will call me an asshole for this. But it's really hard to be arrogant if everybody else is saying that you're the best. And if I'm supposed to be this this humble person, but the same committee is still going to penalize me, you know, no matter whether I'm, I'm feeling myself or, or playing it cool, I just don't understand how you can really be in that situation. I think it's extremely difficult. And when I looked at the situation as compared to, you know, Michael Phelps or let's say, uh, you know, a white man who, who had very similar success in his in his Olympic profession, um, you know, he dealt with uh, mental health issues and he, he spoke upon it. Um, I think what she's okay. doing is great. And when I also look at, you know, other, you know, other sports, you know, this isn't the first time. I mean, Al everybody remembers Allen Iverson, the practice stuff. But if you go mm -hmm. back and look at what that was about, I believe he yep. had lost his friend. 
Yes. And he did. was going through like a really emotional time. And the outburst that everybody remembers is practice. Practice. We talk <laughs> about practice. Uh-huh. But in his mind, if you go back and look at some of the stuff, like he was he was fucked up. Like he was like, I don't know what I'm gonna do on this day and stuff like like he just was in a really dark place. I mean, we've heard Beastmo speak about this. You know, we was talking about your chicken and your mentals. We've heard <laughs> Michael Jordan. The reason that he retired was because of his dad right after they won in 93, stepping away at the height of his popularity, the height of his game for a year yep. and a half. So it's, I get what you're saying, Ibn, but I only think this is a little bit different because it's not like this is something that you can just push through. It's not like just something like your arm went out. Like if I literally can't physically tell where the fuck I am when I'm doing this flip and I might die, I'm not going to do it. I'm just not going to do it. Like that just, that doesn't make sense to me. When we push through to what? It's not even like Carrie Strug when they said that she did the the flip. uh, What was it? 96 on that bar or whatever. I watched that the other day. And she she had a broken ankle. She knew exactly what the fuck was going to happen. Her ankle Mm. was done. And when she did the flip, it was going to be more done. Um, no, I just watched that yesterday. That was crazy. Like she heard it on one flip and then went back and did it again and blew that thing out completely. So, I mean, right. that had to carry off. I mean, is that? I mean, I get you know for a, for a US, it's like, oh yeah, she did everything and pushed through, but she shattered her ankle even more for some dude and went to some dude that was probably going to do inappropriate things with her. I mean, for okay. what we know, so. Yo. And to um, add on to that piece, like my girl was just looking it up because we were watching that yesterday, uh, looking at her story. She hadn't even gotten to college yet. And crazy. after that happened, she no longer could be on that team and ended up having to be like the manager for the team. But like it fucked her whole future up for the sake of getting that gold medal for the U.S. Crazy. I mean, that that's that. Yeah, that's so, a lot. How I feel about it now after everything I've read and everything you guys said about everything, I, I honestly, I don't have any problem with what she did. I don't feel like she's a choker or anything like that. I, I think she did the best thing. My only thing that I could possibly say is that, you know, and, you know, I love cocky people. That's just, that's how I, I, I love it. I love, I love arrogant people. If you know you're the best, you should say it and proclaim that, right? But my thing is, if you know that that's a possibility that something like that could happen to you, like that's possible in the realm of your sport, I don't know about putting the goat things on your um, your shoes because then that's that it's gonna come it could come back to bite you. That's all I'm saying. But you know, that's that's the only thing I would say about it. What do you so here's my that? here here's yeah. my question to to add on to that, Paul. Do mm. we now remove goat status due to oh, this no, latest no, performance? She's the goat because she was she, she was fucking up all these Olympics. Like I, everything yeah, I saw I, her do, she wasn't she on. So is she still the goat? No, she is. I mean, there's no one poster. She no got, she got four moves named after her while she's still an active gymnast. She got five <laughs> medals from the last Olympics, and she was in first place in her first event, even though she was all over the place. And her floor routine, she went off the mat so far, just yeah. because I think honestly she didn't skip enough leg days. Mm-hmm. And got deducted. <laughs> it was three too much tenths. power. <laughs> yes, it got deducted three tenths off of her score because of that, and was mm. still in first place. <laughs> She's the goat. Big flex, big flex, no doubt. But I will concede to that. Let me ask you guys something though, right? Does this change how we look at things with mental health with everybody though? Because you know, I mean, I mean, everybody loves her. Who who's not going to love Simone Biles, right? You know, especially mm-hmm. her being a. a 
female of color and she's one of us, right? So we're not gonna love her. But if other people went through similar things like males, I mean, it might not be the same outcome, even like the way we're talking, you know? Because I, I remember, I mean, anything, like even like with LeBron when he choked versus the Mavs, I couldn't stand the deuce. I was, I was happy as hell. But I mean, that could be a mental health thing. I mean, he wouldn't have died, right? But um, yeah, stuff true. with even Paul George, I mean, he even mentored mentioned something last year that he was going through in the bubble with mental health. Nobody cared. Everybody was calling him George Paul, right? Even yeah. yeah, when he was choking with the free throws. I mean, is that is that something that we have to look at to where, mm-hmm. I mean, I know, like, I'm, I'm thinking, right, basically back in the day with, like, the Greeks, right, when they had the Olympics and everything, right? People were looking and say, oh, man, what well, is this guy going to choke? It's just, like, observant athletic a- excellence, right? Is that, like, how we have to look at it now? What do you think? Mm-hmm. 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 You understand what I'm saying? No. Yeah. Paul, yeah, I do understand what you're saying, and I think it's an excellent, excellent point. Um, you know, for me personally, I I am grateful for the open conversation around mental health. I think, you know, one of the things that I was reading that was um, unrelated to, to the Simone Biles story, but was about Olympics in general, was about how these athletes, one of the benefits that they get is that regardless of their sport, for however month however much time they have they have the platform and the entire world is listening to them mm-hmm. and so i think that you've got the capacity to open up that conversation about how this would affect you know or how how people how the world would view other athletes in the similar situation and i think that it's i think that it's needed i think that for me personally that is my personal enjoyment of the olympics um i am a full proponent of having average people like you and me go and do some of these things right next to these Olympians so that people understand (laughs) exactly how elite they are. That is how I feel it should be. And I feel like if you did have that comparison, maybe people would understand that, you know what, there's still some things that are even bigger than getting a gold medal. Today's episode is brought to you by Nice Touch Editing Services. Nice Touch Editing is your one-stop shop solution for all of your content writing and editing needs. Whether you're an author looking for an editor for your book manuscript, you need a resume and cover letter to go after that new job opportunity, or if you're a small business looking to go after that latest government contract, Nice Touch Editing is the premier writing and editing solution. Feel free to reach out www.nicetouchediting.com Nice Touch Editing Services Now that's a nice touch Alright so Chris I know you were saying that uh, there's more important things than gold medals right and and I agree to that point you know um, it's like I was saying it's just I don't know if we're talking about mental health now, I don't know how we don't change how we do things because, I mean, if, if you look at it, right? Let me see. Damn, I'm losing my thought real quick. But... Hey, you, you good? Take, nah, take man. Nah, yeah. But, um, I mean, yeah, I think, I think like, you know, it, it's, and to me, it's bigger, it's bigger than sports, which is what I think, you know, Jay, when you, when you bring it up beast mode, you know, and when he said, take care of your mental, take care of your chicken, you know, I, it, it made me it made me think about Richard Sherman. Right. Like 
like we yeah. i don't know that that case has kind of been buried since it broke but i'm reading what the police report apparently says about richard sherman and what do we know about this dude we know that he's been you know a, an outspoken athlete he's a stanford grad he's brilliant and then he's he's out front of this house and he's screaming he didn't hurt anybody but he's talking about killing himself and the first thing i'm thinking about is cte and mm-hmm. maybe it's cte but maybe it's also major depression because you know a lot of these athletes and i know you know we had this conversation about covid um and the nfl um you know a little earlier a lot of these athletes you know they'll they'll put a lot of things they put their bodies through hell to get on yep. the field and, yep. and and you don't see you might see the you know the instagram video where you know derrick henry is is squatting like 600 pounds but you don't see the weight on his shoulders that he's carrying when he leaves the gym right and and that's where i think you know this conversation that simone biles and and, you know michael phelps to his his credit and his support of simone i think that's where that conversation kind of leads is you know these things that are bigger than sports well my my thing what i was trying to say is like how do we avoid because I mean, a lot of times, a lot of the reason people love sports is because they want to root against the guy. They want to see him choke. But I got to mm. tell you right now, I can't wait till the next time um, LeBron he gets the ball the last second and he passes it to a teammate because he's scared <laughs> to shoot. <laughs> you know what I mean? But then that's hypocritical because I mean, he's had maybe he's having a mental issue like at the time. And he gets killed for it in the media every exactly. time he makes that decision, which he thinks is the best basketball player. Nice. But we call him the goat. He's kicking that out to somebody that has a wide open. I don't call him no goat. I mean, no, you might call him a goat. <laughs> what? He's in the goat <laughs> discussion. Not for not me. In the goat discussion. Yeah, oh, no. Okay, for y'all. Not, not for, not for me. Shot. He's passing. He's trying to bail himself out, you know. But like I said, maybe I shouldn't criticize him for that, right? I'm just, I'm just thinking. Like we have to be like, you know, let's just enjoy the athletic excellence because you really can't. Without being a hypocrite, you really can't say, okay, well, like, enjoy somebody's, um, I guess, shot in for it, right? And say, like, okay, he's messing up and, like, rejoice about that because it may be, like, a mental thing. And at the end of the day, us as fans, we're contributing to the deterioration of their mental health because we're dissecting every little thing they do and they see it. Now that we're in this social media age, they see all of our comments. They see everything. Yep. So, yeah, go ahead. I feel like, you know, um, I think, Paul, I think that even though you have, you know, this conversation, um, somebody's still got to take the shot. And in order to step on the field, you know, you got to be, you got to accept the fact that you might lose, right? So, you know, I don't, I don't think that you necessarily have to, you know shy away from criticism i just think that there has to be an understanding of like you said like understanding that these are elite athletes that put themselves through an extreme amount of physical and psychological stress to prepare themselves for their sports um but that doesn't mean you know that you know that they're absolved you know totally absolved from you know, from criticism, it, it, it just, it just doesn't, somebody's going to have to take that last shot. Somebody's going to have to take a shot down the field. You know, somebody's got to go up and get the ball. So that means somebody's going to fail. And, you know, for me, that's one of the things I talk to my kids about is, you know, listen, like you don't got to be perfect, but you got to give a perfect effort. And, mm. and if you can live in that moment where you have done that, 
you know, that's the pursuit, you know, for me, you know, um, that I enjoy watching the pursuit of something that is that great, you know, and that's why I admire players like LeBron and I admire players like Tom Brady um, who try and do that, you know, so I, I don't, I don't think that, you know, I mean, the facts are the facts that at the end of the day, somebody's going to win, somebody's going to lose, you know, yep. zero sum <laughs> game. I mean, yep. I think the word y'all are really looking for is respect. Fans yeah. just got to have respect. Yeah. I mean, listen, yep. yeah. <laughs> you don't have to. I don't like LeBron. I respect him. Oh, he yeah. is, he's <laughs> a great, great player. I don't think he's in the GOAT talk, but he's definitely one of the greatest players of all time. To me, there's really no GOAT talk. It's MJ and everybody else. That's yeah. how I view it. Now, everybody else has their own view on what that is, right? Mm-hmm. That's just that's just how it is. But, you know, the one thing I will say about Biles, it's not like she's out here crying to the world, right? It's not like that's she's fact. saying... This this Olympics shouldn't count, like because I wasn't able to perform, and everybody knows I'm the best in the world. This Olympics doesn't count, and I'm going to take away from my teammate who just won, or I'm going to take away from these other players. No, the the media, and <laughs> let me let me phrase this before I because I don't want to get fired. The media <laughs> and certain people within the media mm-hmm. have created this narrative around her that have made it all about her. I you know I texted you guys earlier when that when the young lady won today. Yeah. You know, I'm hoping for a shift in the narrative. We should be talking about how this young woman just yeah. won gold. Like, it shouldn't even be about Biles anymore. Like, she had her her two days. It's more than enough coverage. I know that she probably wanted for something like this, but probably understands it with her being the face and the image of gymnastics and, you know, black women and, and everything that she stands for and the excellence that she stands for. But at this point, it needs to shift to all the great things about this young woman who won because she won. Right at the end You're of the day, about Suni Lee, it's a right? zero-sum game. You either win or you lose, and the winner should be praised. <laughs> she won. You're talking about Suni Lee, right? Suni yeah. Lee, the yeah, yeah. Mister yes. One World. Yeah. yeah, I have really quick, gentlemen. I have a quick gripe. I got to settle right here on the podcast. Go ahead with with you all Here's as well that. as the media. Really quick, really quick. It has to do with the Olympics and Suni Lee, who won that gold medal today, which me and my fiance had planned to watch tonight in prime time because that's when it's coming on in the U.S. At like eight eight o'clock, that's when we get to watch the Olympics. So here's my thing: <laughs> if the Olympics are in Tokyo and in the U.S., we're putting on these prime time events at eight o'clock for us to watch. Why the fuck is the media telling us at seven o'clock in the morning that Sunny Lee won the gold? Like me and my shorty wanted to watch that shit tonight, and we had no idea who won until Jay put it in the chat this morning, and I'm like, fuck. I was trying to stay away from social media, stay away from news, oh, but, but the you. damn group chat caught me. That's gonna be <laughs> but hard. I feel it's like it's on the media, though, but like, so then what's the point of putting it on prime time in the US if you're going to tell everybody what happened? Because people still want to see what happened. But because I think it's, it's a mystery. It's not the same. So now I know what events, happened. So, Evan, some of the events have already happened. Some of them haven't. Like, some of the swimming events that happened last night were like live. There were a couple of swimming events that happened last night because of just, I guess, the time difference. Okay. are live and there's other things that are recaps of like what happened usually the gymnastics i think is a recap but i don't understand what they're doing because if you if you go and look at it you really rarely can share some of the um, the clips that are online i don't know how they've done this mm. but they've made it very difficult to share clips of like people winning and stuff like that so the way i typically follow is just through twitter and because we have our group chat and we talk about sports, <laughs> I'm going to give you the real. No, and if you don't want to know the real, yeah. then you got to speak up and say, I don't want to know about yeah. the Olympics. Don't put it out there. Yeah. And next time I will Yo, put Jay, it out there. Yo, Jay, you, you called me. You text me that, bro. You don't have to, you don't have to put it out there. Yo, the Jay, 
you got me with that one and when the US lost to France, I'm like, bet, I got this shit recorded. I'm gonna watch it. Yo, just I'll tell open up me. the group <laughs> open up the group chat, US lost, fucking bums. And I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. All right. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> he's he been holding this ammo against me for days. I wanted to get it off in, in the pod. You could have just texted feel- me that, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you know, black girl and all that. Like, I just you know, somebody somebody won her event and everything else, so it's it sucks. Man, <laughs> I just want that shit see that shit live. And we still okay. gonna watch it. It's just not that same excitement because we know. And I, I, I won't put anything in the group no, chat. But just... no, here's the thing, Jay. It's not even you because I was watching uh, this sports talk radio show today, on and uh, had it on the TV, just watching it and working. And then they fucking did the news and said the shit, and my girl went off on me. I'm like, fuck. Like, I kind of forgot that, yes, every outlet is telling us what happened before we get to see it. So now she's mad at me. I'm like, well, shit, now you know. I already knew. So now we both pissed. But it is what it is. But yes, I had to get that off. But it's all good, Jay, because it's not just you. Like, if I don't want it, I just got to cut my phone off. And I'm, I can't do that. Hey, I'm not texting you anything Olympic no. anymore. That's it. I'm done. It's, like, it's done. like when, like, Game of Thrones used to be on and people always, like, ruining it for everybody. Yeah. People be watching this shit, like, the night before and then yeah. putting shit out on social media. Like, come on, B. But you know what? You're like, Evan, you're like one of them people that wasn't watching it for, like, a weekend. They're like, I'm playing this shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no like, doubt. Help me. <laughs> I'll be that. I'll be that. So look, so 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 that's that. That was my one little Olympic light, but it, it's all good. NBA draft was tonight. Training camp. I'm not sure if y'all are tracking. NFL training camp started today, so the yep, NFL is officially back in effect. Patriots day two. Patriots day two. Day two. Yeah. Nope. So so it's a lot of interesting things going on. I know Aaron Rodgers is back in Green Bay. Yeah. That was a whole fucking saga. Yeah, he's back. <laughs> <laughs> For one season only. <laughs> and he's done. I think Devontae Adams might leave too. Because now they, yeah, they yeah. got a whole breakdown and contract negotiation. So he's letting like himself up. Yeah. He's like, nah, I ain't sticking around. So I'm not mad yep. at that. But got to get to the SEC, man. Let's get to that. Hey, speak, <laughs> speak on it. Speak on it, Chris. Well, I mean, listen, I tra- been... training camp started, you know, and, you know, as we were gearing up for training camp, uh, you know, the SEC decided they wanted to take over the world in college football again. I mean, we <laughs> that's that just seems to be SEC dominance. Possible. Here we go. Listen, right. listen, listen. I, you know, I will I will put it out there. Yes, I am biased. But here's the bottom line. The SEC was the best conference before this ever happened anyway. OK, 2019. The SEC sent 64 players to the league. 2020, they sent 63. 2021, a couple months ago, they sent 65. (laughs) Those are all records. Those are all conference records. But now, you know, with with Oklahoma and Texas, you know, coming into you know coming into the conference, you know, I'm I'm happy, you know, for the SEC. I'm I'm honestly I'm not sure how good it is for college football. Um, But you know what I can say for everybody who doesn't know is basically. Last week, the Houston Chronicle leaked the story that, um, you know, that Oklahoma and Texas were planning on leaving uh, the Big 12. <laughs> the last time that the SEC expanded, 
they took two teams from the Big 12. I don't know if y'all actually know this, but the Big 12 actually had 10 teams. It's about to have eight, and it's all because of the SEC. <laughs> the Big 8. Um, you big know, eight. and, and um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at this and then and then open it up to y'all. Um, you know, I think that there's, there's a couple of reasons why this is happening. Um, I think first and foremost, obviously, is money. Um, you know, the, the SEC shares, every conference shares their TV revenue with all their individual teams, but the SEC shares a ridiculous amount of money. Um, you know, I think the average for SC, for each SEC, SEC team is probably like 40 something million dollars, maybe a little bit more than that. Um, now it'll be bigger. The SEC has a deal with, with ESPN where ESPN is going to broadcast all their games. That was before Oklahoma and Texas. So, you know, they're going back to the bargaining table and they're going to be like, listen, we need more. Um, you know, for the name, image, and likeness, like we were talking last week, this is crazy for recruits. Um, you going, you know, imagine having, like we were talking about, you know, imagine having a PetSmart deal and you're going to have an ad running on primetime television every week because of the games that are going to be on. <laughs> um, but the other thing is, you know, if you look at it from Oklahoma and Texas and you ask yourself, you know, why would two teams who traditionally they run the Big 12, you know, getting an automatic qualifying bid to go to the college playoffs in the Big 12 usually is basically going to be between Oklahoma and Texas. Why would you leave? The answer to me is the is the expansion to 12 teams in the college football playoff, which hasn't happened officially yet. That's, but they me, know what's going to happen. Yeah, that, yeah, that's the writing on the wall for this. So, you know, the things that it got me thinking that I put out to y'all is, you know, one, you know, if you have thoughts on what a 12-team um, expansion would look like, a 12-team playoff would look like, and whether or not you think it's good for college football, and then two, you know, <laughs> is is this the is this the end of college football as we know it? Um, is is this you know is this sort of the the beginning of basically having what you would consider semi-pro teams that are just kind of like yes, you know, farm teams mm. for the week. Yes, that's the answer. Mm. All right, done with this other. No, I'm just kidding. Wasn't the SEC always that though? Yeah, the SEC's been the best for years. I mean, let's just call it buck a buck. And Oklahoma and Texas, let's also keep it a buck a buck, have not been great in some time. They've been really, really good, but they're not really on the best of the best level. Like they're really not fucking with Alabama's. And they're really when, when Florida was doing the thing, they really wasn't fucking with them. So mm-hmm. I think it's a really smart move because their fan bases are definitely on the SEC level. The love and the passion <laughs> that they have for their football team, it makes all the sense in the world for them to join. And I think, Chris, I text you this. If I'm the rest of the big, the what is it, the big eight that they're going to themselves yeah, no. now, they need to yep. go join the Pac-12. That's what they need to go do ASAP. They need to just go there, join USC and all them and make themselves the Pac-12 or they need to go and join, what is it, the Big Ten? Like, I don't even, they've yep. changed so many things, they need to do that. I think what it's going to come down to is they're really going to be probably about three, possibly four um, power conferences. You know, there's going to be the SEC, I think the ACC and, um, you know, probably yep. the Big Ten are going to merge or something like that. And then the Pac-12 is going to swallow up just about everybody else and is going to have some makeshift in between conference where Notre Dame is going to be because they're going to have to get in there somewhere and join some kind of conference, but they want to be independent. So I think there's going to be like three or four like major conferences and everything else. And I think 
you know, all the stuff that's just passed in terms of, you know, players getting paid, it's just going to shift it towards a professional league. I mean, it already was that because everybody else is getting paid but the students. And I think that just ushers this in. And the fact that Texas and Oklahoma are joining the SEC and are just bad blatant about it, like just going to pay like $80 million and don't even care about it because that's like nothing to them. Um, You know, to me, it was just the writing on the wall that's going to expand to 12 teams. Do I think it's good for the sport? No, because I don't think these kids should be playing NFL schedules. I think that's, that's way too much. I think they need to figure out how to cut down some stuff. But there's too much money involved now. I mean, the NFL is expanding the amount of games that they're playing. They're going to expand the amount of games that the college kids are playing. And I just see it growing more and more. And it becomes the question of, like, how much can the human body withstand? Because this isn't like basketball. Like, you can't... These guys are getting into car crashes every time they get hit. Like, there's only so much recovery you can do, and they need that downtime. So, I don't know. Um, football itself, I think, is changing. It's not what it was, you know, today. It's not what it was, you know, 20 years ago. And even looking back at old Pats clips, like, it's just a completely different game. Yeah. But, yeah, man, I think this this collegiate shit is dead. I mean, it's all it's all pro now to me. That, that's how I look yep. at it. Wow. Wow. And, you know, everybody... Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Bo. No, I'm just glad that they are going to get paid now. Because, I mean, like, the shelf life is so short, right? I mean, exactly. And yep, CT yep. and everything else, they deserve that. Like, can't come out of there with nothing. That's how I feel like. Agreed. Yeah. I agree. You know, it just, you know, for me, it, it makes me, I, 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 I'm not sure how I feel about whether or not it's going to be the end of college football. Um, you know, at least as we, as we know it, I, I can see how it's possible. Um, but I, I worry about all the smaller schools. I worry about, you know, and, and one of the things that I think is interesting and, and you know, you guys can jump in on this, too, because because football, football, especially in a lot of these big schools, um, is is an economy driver in and of itself. So I give you all just a little insight. Like when you go when you go to a Florida Gator game um, sat on Saturday, the, the town is shut down. There, there's nothing happening. There's nothing else happening. They literally will shut down whole portions of campus. You will walk by stores that say that they are closed because it's game day. Like that is, that is how it, you know, that that is how the town makes money, um, yeah. or at least one of the biggest drivers of it. So one of the things coming out of Texas, um, in particular, is a lot of rhetoric, in particular from. The, uh, you know, from their state legislatures talking about the danger that this poses to other Texas institutions, the smaller mm. Texas schools like Rice and University of Houston, um, and how this can be a serious um, danger to the Texas economy. They're, in fact, talking about putting together a commission to study the economic impact of Texas leaving for the SEC. Um mm. And there's actually a um, a legislator ha- who has um, spoken out about potentially introducing legislation to prohibit the University of Texas from leaving without the without consulting the legislature. Essentially, that's really? how that's that's how like how deep this runs like it's not just yes it is about the money but the money is not just in football for you know for a lot of a lot of uh you know college uh, college towns and so 
you know, it, it makes me wonder, you know, whether or not other people outside of football, you know, just not, you know, rabid football fans like me should be paying attention. Right. So I'm confused, so, right? You could explain this to me, Chris. So, I mean, the school, wherever the school is, the school is going to make money. Are you talking about the schools that they would have played? The other big 12 schools are going to lose money, obviously, because, like, you know, right. they're leaving it. Because that's what you mean? Well, so I think it could be a couple things. Um, I think that, first of all, smaller smaller institutions that do play big schools. So if you've got like a UTEP, like, you know, University of Texas, El Paso, they go into University of Texas, uh, Austin, uh, the, the Longhorns are going to pay them money, right? Got the Longhorns you. pay these small, school, small, small schools money to, you know, to suit up and play. Um, so that's one thing. But, you know, the other thing is, you know, I'll give you like another example I would say, um, is, you know, the, the, the Gators are going to go play USF, right? Um, that's one of our, that's one of our season openers this year. Uh, so the Gators are going to go to Tampa. Now there's a lot of, there's a lot of cool stuff that happens in Tampa, but the influx in the economy from the Gators coming to Tampa, the ticket sales, the, the, you know, people, you know, people will, will rent out their, their driveways for people, you know, for fans to park. Uh, you know, people that decide to just, you know, small businesses that'll print out T-shirts for that, you know, for that day, all of that stuff, all of the things that, you know, that the attraction of the event generates revenue from for the town, the permits, you know, for, you know, for putting on events, all of that stuff benefits every city, you know, or every town economically that has one of these smaller schools. That's what they're worried about. Um, so, yeah, very good point. Yeah, so it just makes you wonder, you know, you know, when you talk about money, you know, whether or not other people should be paying attention, whether or not this this conversation should be taken away from just, you know, crazy college football fans like me. Yeah, no, that's real shit, though, because a lot of yeah. the casual fan, you're not even thinking about it in that light. You're just thinking, oh, OK, Texas, this other team, they, they're going to this other conference. All right, cool. But there's so many different ramifications with these moves. And the college football game as a whole, the way, like you said, the way it's generating revenue, people aren't thinking about that. So, but that's a great point, though. And one Excellent. of the things, man, to you know, to keep it all the way real, too, uh, a lot of a lot of these folks in the towns, at least that I've been, a lot of these folks are black. You know, mm. like, you know, like when when you're talking about in Gainesville, um, you know, a lot, or you know, I'll give you an example. Uh, you know, when the Gators went to play. I can't remember who we were playing. It might have been Michigan um, in Campy, Camping World Stadium, uh, which is, you know, which is, I think it's near Orlando, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you know, that stadium is built in a black neighborhood, right? Mm. So everybody who's, you know, kind of like making money on the side, um, you know, for, you know, for them renting out their driveways or for like renting out their yards for people to like, you know, uh, tailgate in, they're all black. The businesses, the barbecue, like the barbecue joints that are out, you know, walking around advertising the business, they're all black. So, you know, when you talk about moving conferences, you know, they're going to be more away games in places where these people aren't going to be able to make money. Yeah. I mean, you know, whenever there's negative ramifications, we always get the shit out of it anyways. That's, yeah. <laughs> nah, that, that's what it comes down to. That that's what that's raw yeah. real. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. I'm not even mad at that. Um so mm. let me just say this, Chris. 
because you're you're kind of the resident college football mm-hmm. buff. You feel me? I'm I watched. I'm kind of similar to Paul in term in, in his NBA watching. I watch college football when the bowl games come, when the yep. college football championships come. I'll tune in. I'll see what's going on. Towards the end, I want to see who's getting drafted for my fantasy team. If there's any rookies <laughs> I want to grab, you know that that's kind of how I. That's my relationship with college football. But with this move with Texas and what's the other college team? Oklahoma. Has? Texas and Oklahoma. You said something to me, or you put it in the group chat that made so much sense. You was like, for the casual fan, this is how big that move is. It's as if the Seattle Seahawks and the Rams decided to go over to the NFC South with Brady and Breeze. And, yeah. and when you said that, I was like, okay, that makes yeah. sense. This is a, made a lot more sense move. To me. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, that's huge. Yeah. <laughs> they carry that conference. They are that conference. Like, it's right. no, they literally created that conference. Am I right, Chris? Am I right about that, Chris? Yeah, they created I mean, the Big 12. They're like the founding. They did. They are the founding <laughs> members of, of the Big 12. And listen, folks, like, you know, it, it, a lot of a lot of athletic departments across the country run in the red, right? Mm. They do not make revenue, okay? So for context, the, you know, the University of Texas spends more money per athlete than any other college in the country. And they raise, they fundraise, I think um, it's, it's in the very high tens of millions every year. So you're talking about research dollars that go, you know, not just to the University of Texas, but grants that the University of Texas might give to conduct research at a small school in Texas or maybe somewhere else, right? Because they're affiliated with the conference, right? Like, like you're, there's so much, um, you know, influence that comes with being affiliated with, uh, you know, with Oklahoma and Texas. Um, in particular, because they are really, really great academic institutions. Well, Texas is a really great academic institution. And that brings a lot of prestige to the conference, and the conference can benefit on that. And there's a lot of trickle down for, uh, because of it. Um, so this move is seismic. It's massive. It, it's massive for a lot of reasons, not just because of, you know, the, the fact that uh, they're dominant uh, programs, but because of, you know, what they do as an institution. But yeah, it's seismic. This is changing. This is stressing people out in college football. <laughs> I can see it. <laughs> yep. How, stressing how, them out like, you know, the NFL players are stressed out about this COVID vaccine they need to go yeah, take. Yeah, I was just about to Yo, your boy Lamar Jackson got COVID right now. Again. Again. <laughs> Again. <laughs> last year, too. Damn. Well, Man. the question, is Lamar more stressed about COVID than Cole Beasley? I'm not sure. Mm. Man. Mm. You know what I find amusing about the whole Cole Beasley thing is the praise he is getting for taking a stand on something. And those are the exact same people that were hating on Cat for taking a stand yep. on something. It's just like, Man, I got so much to say, but I got to keep it PG. I'm just going to say this really, Fuck really that. quickly on this subject. Private employers can force this vaccine on you. And I mean that in the sense that if you don't get it, you won't be employed by them. Absolutely. And that is within their rights as a private company. And yep. many conservatives and many people are always about the free market. 
And so the free market happens to them and they don't like the consequences. And yep. so they go run and scream about it and say it's not fair. No, you're an at will employee. So you are an at will employee. And even in the context of, <laughs> yeah. you know, they, they have their own, they have a CBA. Mm-hmm. So they have additional rights than, mm-hmm. than most at will employees would not necessarily have because a lot of the stuff that are dictated and what happens with them probably from a safety protocol, from their pay, from everything else are usually mandatory subject of bargaining. This is the lawyer stuff, but it has to be approved by their players association and, and, and agreed to and bargained upon between the NFL and their players association, right? So stuff like like this, <laughs> you know, in many instances, it will be bargained over on whether they can do it or not. But just in a day-to-day sense, when I hear from people talking about it and things like that, like, yeah, your employer can make you go get a vaccine and go get vaccinated. And if you don't want to do it, that's your prerogative. But it yep. also comes with a consequence. That doesn't that just means you won't be employed by them. Right. And there's they nothing, have a prerogative to, to do with your you rights. Your rights have to do with the state. People talk about the Bill of Rights and all their rights, and they have no idea what they're talking about. Like, it is not applicable to the things that happy people talk about. (laughs) I just, as a lawyer, it gets on my last nerve to hear people talk about things. They have no idea what they are talking about. And I just sit back and I look. And then social media, you know, it does the job for me. They get trolled, they get played. And they end up looking more foolish uh, because nothing that you're going to type in those little 160 characters on Twitter are really going to help you in any spot. So sometimes it's just best to to keep quiet, have your opinions, keep making your money and get your bag. Like, that's it. So I'm going to keep it at that. The craziest craziest story from that whole situation was TJ Ward and um, Rivera, the the Washington Yes. So, Rivera was basically Rivera was saying he thought that like you know his players have more empathy for him because a lot of them like they're like under the league average for getting vaccinated, right? But uh-huh. TJ Ward, he's not even in the and after this, but he comes out as well. You know, the cancer Rivera has was skin cancer, so that comes from staying outside too long. He said, Oh, park the boat, Riveron. I'm like, Oh my god, like <laughs> he's wild. He was wild. Like, how could you? I, it's just so wild and disrespectful and, and ignorant, man. It's just, it's just, just wild and ignorant. Yeah. That... I say certain And then people challenge him on it. He goes, I know cancer. Oh, you know cancer. Okay. <laughs> like, guys, that was unbelievable yeah. to me. I mean, I feel like, people, who knows? <laughs> if that's you know how what? far you have to go to make your argument, maybe you should reconsider your argument. But like, I wanted to I wanted to ask y'all this because I've been thinking about this like I just don't understand as an like as an athlete particularly as an NFL athlete a lot of these athletes are willing to do so much to their body and put so many things in their body and things that are experimental right you remember when Kobe went over to Germany to get that you know to get his platelets Platelets in his knee and 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 and, uh the the surgery that that Peyton Manning did so that he could play a couple more years like how is this any different my body my choice bro I mean that's all that's all it is It's a choice thing. It's my body, my choice, but it's only applicable now because it's their body and their choice. If it was a woman, they wouldn't care about that. It would be whatever they wanted to do. It's just the hypocrisy in this whole situation is speak on it. The problem Uh, is, man, this is why this is why COVID nearly took out America, man. Because as Americans, we're just so stubborn. And that's what it comes down to. Even if it makes sense, we don't want anybody telling us what to do. That's just what it is like. 
Facts. <laughs> and now this this Delta variant is about to put us all on lockdown again. I hope yeah, we're ready. I'm tired, bro. I'm tired of being locked down. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're we're a first world country. This is a first world problem, and it's a really stupid fucking problem to have. The rest of the world don't even have vaccines. We have literally people like I'm not gonna get the cure for this, or I'm not gonna get something that's gonna slow down from just killing me. Of course it's not the cure. We just, you know, the whole point is you don't wanna die. And no one says you're not gonna get it. You just yeah. you know, the point is not to die. Yeah. And I'm not gonna take it because it's my body, my choice. All right. That's great for you. Your body, your choice. Now sit in the house. You know, it's the employer's <laughs> job and now it's their choice. Now you ain't got a job. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what are we doing here? It's like there's no consequences for anything if you don't like it. Like, that's not how this works in real life. Yo, what y'all think about that Hopkins tweet? DeAndre, where he pretty much said he's questioning his career in the NFL because oh, of this shit. decision to... I see he deleted it real quick I, when the millions sure was did. Yeah, He sure did. He sure did. He sure did delete that shit. I feel like, yo, if you're gonna tweet it, tweet on that shit and stand on it. Yep. Don't don't yep. don't don't run away from it. That shit's weak because we all screenshotted the shit, so it ain't go nowhere. You just look corny now. Yep. <laughs> like we already saw the shit. <laughs> yeah, so, bitch, you're right about that. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. The 160 characters be getting them in trouble because they just type whatever they feel and then it's there forever, even once they delete it. I, I just yeah. I don't understand. I, I, well, we will see. I think it's going to be very interesting to see. I know they're talking about having full capacity in the NFL in the stands. So I'm going to see if that actually holds true once <laughs> the season starts in September. Listen, they follow in the SEC. I'll tell you what the running joke was when football season started last year was that if any if anybody was going to cure COVID, it was going to be the SEC because they was playing football. They didn't care. They were going to have people <laughs> yeah. in the stands. I'm going to keep it real now, man. Americans really don't want to get over this shit. We really know that, right? They really don't. I mean, I, I remember watching the finals and I seen the Deer District and shit. I'm looking like, wow. So yo. Over it over, though. Yo. <laughs> it was mad people on top of people with no masks on. Americans yep. say we're gonna get over this, but we're gonna get over this on our terms. Okay, we shout out. I don't understand, bro. Like I just don't get it. I don't know. Phil <laughs> stadiums, like how is that? Like uh, how is the government even allowing that to gonna happen? <laughs> Listen, I, I'll tell you. I'll tell you right now that every every stadium for for college football's opening weekend is gonna be full. I'll tell you that. I know that for a fact. Man, <laughs> we're gonna see. It's gonna be interesting. Survival. There's some Darwin shit, like survival to finish it. It's a really ridiculous problem that we have right now. It's like we're yeah. celebrating the championship for the NBA, so because of that, Kobe's gonna take a break. It's not gonna come into the studio. I didn't hear nobody say. I'm not watching this. I don't see anybody saying like, no, like, oh, they're in the dirt, they're having fun. Like, yeah, but Kobe's chilling though. I'm like, <laughs> took a break tonight. <laughs> you know. <laughs> COVID in Phoenix tonight. I'm like, wow. Okay. COVID, COVID ain't working no overtime. Yeah. No. Yo, it's kind of like the lockdowns we have with some of the restaurants. Like, all right, because of COVID, we're going to close at 9 p.m. All right, so what about 7 p.m. and fucking 8 p.m.? Like, I, like I, don't, I don't understand that shit. Like, if you open, Yo, you open. The mall, the mall by these, the, the hours every day now, are like, they close at, like, 7.30, from 7.30 to 9.30, right? I'm like... What the fuck is the difference? Like, <laughs> like COVID told y'all something different than I don't know. <laughs> I think people look crazy. Oh I didn't God. understand that either. Yeah, that makes no sense. I don't get it, man. But yo, we got to talk about this trade that's pending before we get off, though. 
LA. Westbrook, oh. Westbrook to LA. Yeah. I don't think that's gonna do. It, it's gonna be exciting to watch. I definitely say that it's gonna oh, be exciting yeah. to see LeBron, Westbrook, and Anthony Davis if he's fucking healthy on the same court. But they ain't winning the chip from that. Westbrook can't shoot. Their whole their biggest issue is shooting, shooting LeBron, and the health yeah. of LeBron. LeBron might trade him by midseason, bro. I tell you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's their starting lineup now? It's Westbrook, Davis, Braun. Kuzma, if they keep him. No, they shipped him. No, he's part of the deal. He's part of the deal. He's gone. Yeah, so is Pope. Yeah, so is KCP. Oh, it's done. The deal's done. Oh, it's done now? What was it? It was Pope, Kuzma. Yeah, Pope and Kuzma and their first round pick, right? Or first or second round pick? Yeah, 2021 first round pick. Wow. And then I think there might have been one other player, too. Yo, yeah, Mont- yeah, they traded all the good, all the decent players that had left. They just traded. I don't wow, see how DC Westbrook. doesn't win that. DC won that trade. Like that's crazy. Uh, well, because Pope is pretty good. Pope is yeah. good. decent. Yeah, and I yeah, think Kuzma gets a bad rap. So I mean, he's a knucklehead, but I think he is. Hey, he's talented. I think he's he can go somewhere. He's gonna ball out in Wizards. Yeah, I feel like every time the Lakers do one of these trades for LeBron. Like they let Julius Randle go. What's he doing? He got the Knicks yep. to the playoffs. They Tell let Lon- they let Lonzo Ball go. He's actually been doing decent over now there. Now they want with, him uh, back. Or with the Pelicans, yeah. yeah, right. Now they want him back. So every time somebody leaves, they go ball out. So, but it makes they- no sense. This is like not. It's not the Olympics or the All Star game. Like they don't fit together. Like how? Like he shoots. I gotta see how they fill out their team because this is a weird team. Like I don't know who the rest of their players are at this point. But they gotta get somebody in the starting lineup that can shoot because they have no shooters. No shooters. I mean, the only reason that's a good, the only reason that makes any sense at all is like if LeBron or AD are hurt, then you can help have somebody help carry. But other than that, like if they're all healthy, all three of them healthy, I don't even see how they fit. It's a weird trade. It is. You know, my first thought honestly was this would make sense if Russell Westbrook was coming off the bench, but we all know that's not happening. Not yeah, for what no. they just traded. They traded the whole bench. They did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they literally traded their whole bench. They traded yep. Pope, Kuzma, and Montreal. He <laughs> went just one six million the year last year. Yeah, but like, I knew he was gone because right. he was beefing. So I know. Yeah, he, he didn't. Yeah, but I, I just surprised they gave up um KCP and then the the, the, the pick too, the first round pick. I mean, that's gonna be yeah. high. That's gonna be low anyway. But still, yeah. like KCP at least two. I mean, I feel like DC won that trade. But I don't know. I, I, I would have liked to more. see Dame go to the Lakers. I mean, that yeah, would have made good. more sense. It would have nah, made good. more sense than Westbrook. Yeah, I'm good because I don't want LeBron. Listen to me clearly, y'all. <laughs> Fuck the Lakers today, tomorrow, <laughs> the next see? day, and forever. You see, we'd be a hypocritical already. And as soon as LeBron turned out the jump shot later this year, I would be like, man. Mm-hmm. Forget all that mental shit. That's all I'm gonna be The Lakers could never win another game for the rest of the millennium, and I would not care. Like, I'm nah, good. Bro. Yo, I'm, I'm with you. But I'm not. I'm not gonna lie, Jay. I kind of. I like LeBron. So you know, of course, you know me as a Boston fan. I never fuck with the Lakers. I don't mind seeing LeBron do do decent. I, I he did his decent thing. Guy. He's had 18, 19 years. He's good. Yeah. He can, he can <laughs> retire. Well, me, and, I'm good. You know, me and Jared were talking like <laughs> I'm good. Boston, we don't like him, but we we gonna miss him though. Like when he's gone, yeah. it's fun to root against him. You know. Yeah. No doubt. No, he's a great I, player. Like I said, he, I will never course, take away the fact that he is a great, great player. Great but, player. Yes. Yeah. Um, he's slowing down. That's a oh, fact. Yeah. Like, ain't no one gonna tell me that LeBron's not slowing down a little bit. I'm not saying he's still not great, but 
you can even see the difference between us now versus three or four years ago. I love how they like to try to act like he's still the best player in the league. Like, what the fuck y'all watching? Like, like really? I don't know. Nah, I don't. I don't know if we can say he's the best. He he's up there though. He's definitely top five. Yeah, he's still top five, I guess. But I don't know. I don't think he's. I haven't thought he's the best player in the league in a while. At least three years. Yeah, probably. Who's the best? When Durant took that shot in his face and kind of to me that was like, oh yeah, that was it. You can't, you can't have. I don't care who it is. You can't have somebody that plays your position do what he did to you in closeout games. Like you just can't. Just I don't home. care. Like, and you can't act like your team didn't have mad players on it. Like, we're not going to act like Golden State didn't have a super team, but we're not going to act like LeBron had a bunch of bums with him when he was playing nah, with them all the time. Like, let's, let's 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 cut that narrative right now. So, <laughs> LeBron needs too many things around him. He needs shooters and all that to touch the floor. Like, just give KU the ball, man. The right coach, all that shit. Okay. Yeah. Hey, but, but you know, we, we definitely going to see there's plenty of shit going on in the sports world. So, mm-hmm. we are going to be chopping it up about all this shit as we progress during the weeks. As the NFL starts, as yep. the NBA finally fades out and gives us a break. Because I know we just keep seeing the fucking NBA. <laughs> so, yeah. We, Give me we, 10 we, minutes, we, NBA. Come on. Yo, <laughs> 10 minutes. 10 minutes. But, hey, this is the Ballin' is a Hobby podcast. We having fun with y'all people podcast world i hope y'all having fun with us because we just getting started but we out this thing all right man all right peace